club change it Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe till they feel it Why the world make me feel misguided? I can't hide it I'ma shake the globe change it Why they don't share this? Who else know this? I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe till they feel it What's up everybody? This is the Misguided Podcast We intend to guide you to a better future The purpose of this podcast is to do exactly that We will dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs and highlight what makes them successful, but also pinpoint mistakes they've made and how to improve them. Our goal is to make you start thinking about building generational wealth through business. I hope you enjoy, and if you do, please rate this podcast and leave a review. And now, let's get started. It's true. If you want to walk fast, go alone. If you want to walk far, go together which is the exact reason I'm building a community for us, the misguided. And in this community, you'll be able to learn, educate, and collaborate with others who are like you, wanting to build wealth through business. Think of this as a networking conference on the internet. So head to the show notes and join the Slack channel for the misguided. And in this channel, there's even sub channels where you can add or remove yourself from certain interests of yours. For example, if you're a notary guru and you want to educate others on how to build a notary business, join that channel. If you're wondering how to use your car for passive income or start an Airbnb business, you can join those channels or you can remove yourself. It's that simple. So what are you waiting for? Join the Slack community already. Help yourself. This is a place to share insight and engage with other business owners and leaders. Think of it as a Reddit forum, but even cooler, because here you'll be able to self-promote and partner with other people. What's up, everybody? My name is Juwan Rohan, and this is the Misguided Podcast, where we intend to guide you to a better future. I'm sitting here again with my boy, Henry Cornelius. How you doing today? Man, I'm good, man. I'm blessed, man. What about you? I'm doing well, man. It's been super, super long since I've recorded an episode. I've been so damn busy. Uh, I've been like out of town a lot. So um, I've been having to, <laughs> we rescheduled like two times. Sorry for that. I think I feel like we rescheduled at least about a good four or five yeah. times. <laughs> Life happens, man. It's a, it's a lot of weddings right now. Like I got a wedding next week and then bachelor party. I have my bachelor party and then. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. When you get married? Uh, June. John. Oh, you get them married a month before me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting where are y'all getting married at? We get married in Vegas. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. I was just there for a bachelor bachelor party. We get married in uh, Mexico though. Oh word. Yeah. Well, they get married in Mexico. <laughs> Way fucking cheaper. And uh like we wanted like a little vacation out of it. So okay. uh it kind of like narrows down the, you know, like you feel you've like when you invite people, right, it, it narrows down like who's actually gonna come, right? Because exactly. ain't nobody gonna wanna go to. They they don't they don't they look at it as like, oh, I'm going to Mexico for a wedding, but it's like, nah, like we got like five seven days to all inclusive to like just have fun. You feel me? So. My fiance and I actually having our honeymoon in Mexico in Tulum. In Tulum, when you yeah, guys yeah. you already scheduled your home honeymoon? When yeah, you- we already scheduled. So we leave yeah. our our wedding is July 15th, which is a Friday. Oh, it's gonna be right after. Um, and then on that Sunday, that's when we fly out to Tulum mm. for our honeymoon. Shit, yeah, I think we're gonna do all. Or to like- Cancun, Cancun, and then we drive, and then because Tulum doesn't have an airport, so we fly into Cancun, and then we take like a bus up to Tulum. How long is that bus ride? I think it's about a, from what my fiance said. I think it's an hour and a half or two. 
Uh, is your fiance La- La- Latina? Yeah, yeah, she's Mexican. Uh, okay, okay. Just Mexican? She's not black at all? Nope. Wow. <laughs> that she has some black in there. That's cool. That's good she be around me a lot. She, yeah. she, she says some stuff that I've been saying. Yeah. She got that swagger. Yeah. She, got yeah. that, she got that from me, though. I ain't gonna never tell her I, that. I thought it was it was the curly hair and then like the yeah I just thought the like the looks but cool that's cool man uh how, shit let's let's talk about that let's talk about kind of marriage and oh so for for those who don't know Henry came on a long time ago probably like two years ago um in one of our in the beginning stages of our in our, our episodes and we talked about um kind of life after basketball um me and Henry grew up playing basketball together. Um, both went to college. Um, I had a little taste of overseas. He played overseas. Um, and so um, now we're back, we're in the workforce or whatever you want to say. We're in the, the grind of the, the American dream, uh, as you would say. Um, and so it's kind of, I guess in our first episode, we talked about how to navigate that, right? And and um, just talked about financial literacy, financial um, tips and stuff that we lack in the black community. So now today we are gonna talk about updates on what Henry's been up to. Um, He just closed on his first home. That's the first step to, you know, building wealth. Um, We're gonna talk about marriage, that's uh, that's another one. So um, let's go ahead and get into it. Marriage, how'd you and your girl meet? Okay, so um, her and I met, it was my freshman year. I got a scholarship to the University of Idaho. I was a freshman, she was a sophomore. And you know, it's crazy, I would see her, I did not approach her until a month later. I was too nervous that's, to talk to her. But that's how, that's how you gotta do it though. Like you gotta like, cause I know she she probably thought the same, like, oh, why he didn't approach me? So you just gotta let her wonder a little bit. I would see her, so I would see her at this one place, University of Idaho, they had this food court, right? So it was like, after, like, after I would go, like, work out in the morning, uh, my teammate, who was also red shirt with me, uh, we used to work out together, so we would go work out, we'd do, like, our weightlifting in the morning, um, then we'll do basketball stuff, and we'd do our homework, and in the afternoon, we would have the whole day, because we didn't have class, like, we didn't have in-person classes, we did all online, that's how our coaches kind of set it up for us, Yeah. so, um, so after all of our workouts, we'll go to the food court because the cafeteria food, sometimes it was a hit and miss. So we'll go to the, we'll go to the food court and I will see my fiance there, right? Well, at the time she was, I didn't know what she was. <laughs> and so I would see her all the time and I would tell my homie, I'd be like, bro, like she is the most beautiful woman I've probably ever seen in my life. And if I ever get the opportunity to talk to her, I don't know. I had this feeling. I'm like, she's going to be like my wife. She's going to be like my mother, mother of my kids. Mm. And I don't know how the hell I was saying this. And I was 19 at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I would not be thinking that in college. <laughs> I'm 19. You know, you in college, you're supposed to, you know, mac on girls, you know, just enjoy the whole partying, drinking. But I was just like, yo, like, I'm trying to be with this girl, but I was, you know, I'm too shy. So it's, it takes me a while to kind of get that courage to talk to her. And it's just something different. Like, you know, females in my past, I didn't really, I was shy, but I'm like, ah, whatever. But with this one, it was just like, I couldn't do it at first. <laughs> it took me a while. So then it was just one day, bro. She was sitting, we was at, I was at the food court with my homie and she was sitting like a few tables down. And then my homie was like, bro, today, today, bro, it, it's, it's meant, it, it, it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna wait till she get up 
And then I'm going to go and talk to her because she was with her friend at the time. So I'm like, nah, I'm not going to approach her while she's with her friend. Like, that's kind of disrespectful. So <laughs> she finally get up, right? So I kind of, you know, I kind of creep on up. Like, not, I didn't want to try to press the issue too quick. So I kind of slowly get up. But she started to walk hella fast, right? Like, as if she late for class. So I kind of speed walk. You know, I didn't have to run because I got long legs. So I just <laughs> kind of speed walked up to her. Then, you know, I talked to her. We exchanged numbers. We didn't hang out until two or three days afterwards, right? And when we hung out, bro, I kid you not, that was probably the best conversation I've ever had with any female. Like, nice. it felt like I knew her my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It That's wasn't dope. even, it was, it was, it was deeper than like, like, oh, like you, like I'm attracted to you sexually. It was like, I was attracted to her like mentally. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just, it was just a crazy vibe. Like, we would just, we hung out in my room, my dorm room. We was talking for like six or seven. And hours. them dorm room talks be the they be the dopest though. And they be hella deep though. <laughs> it was super deep, bro. Cause y'all I, both like some lost ass kids at like nineteen years old. You like, man, you know. So it didn't be deep, man. Deep conversations. I looked up and it was like two, three in the morning, yeah. and I had workouts at like nine, but I didn't yeah. even care. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was just so in the moment and next thing you know we're just a couple and we did we had to do long distance because I had transferred mm -hmm. so I transferred went to junior college in Kansas we didn't know how it was gonna work and we made it work there and by the time I, I was a junior um we kind of did long distance for two or three years but when I was a junior and I was attending um a school uh Millo College in Millo Atherton um she had decided to move she had graduated she decided to move to san jose and so that's when we became closer we was like hanging out like almost on a daily basis she was working a great job and then um then a few years later we got our first place together um it was actually during the pan pandemic 2020 we got our first place together up in up in eureka California. So it's like up there in the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody. In the middle and no, why were y'all out there? So she, cause she decided, cause she, what she wanted to do was she wanted to pursue her dreams and being a news reporter, news anchor. Uh, and so she was, you know, in, cause that's what she majored in. So I was uh, like, okay. I'm like, well, wherever you decide to go, like, I'll follow you. Like, you know, cause you, you kind of followed me and what I was doing with basketball. Like, let me support you now. Like, yeah. this ain't about me no more. Like, this is yeah. about you. And so she found a, a news reporting um, gig down there for a news station for like a small market. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Like, we'll yeah. make it work. So we went down there, man, <laughs> that year, it was, it was, it, it just, it was an eye opener because we didn't have much to do out there. It was a small, small city, nothing to do, boring as hell, <laughs> but it made us closer, bro. Like we honestly, we made everything so valuable um that was the same yeah ain't nothing to do but cuddle and make babies <laughs> we didn't do that but yeah. we, we kind of bro and then that was that was when we moved down there that's when i decided to propose to her um, okay so yeah i proposed to her um it was just one of those things where i felt like i was just ready yeah like, you know as us man like we 
only we will only know when we will when we're ready to propose like nobody can peer pressure us even though everybody's like oh we ain't gonna like it's it's only it's up to us to kind of make that decision and so we was going on you know seven years of being together and i'm just like well you know we've been together this long we've been through all the ups and downs you know long distance so i'm like this is the perfect time like mm-hmm. this woman i want to i've been the one that's been the rest of my life since i was 19 yeah so my life was together and so i was just like so i did it i proposed to her i kind of did were you nervous i was bro i couldn't sleep that night before right and in the morning of right because so I, I went to go take her to this one place like this one um sightseeing place out there and i hired a photographer to capture the moment okay right so i had it at a specific time so i'm telling my fiance like hey we're about to meet up with one of my friends um let's meet up at this place or on this place and so she was like why are you so nervous and I'm like I'm <laughs> play it off right and so when we get there she don't see you know my friend and she's like where's your friend I'm like oh he on the way like I'm just trying to play it off and mind you that was our anniversary oh okay nice so, so I you know so I kind of so I gave her like a little small gift just to kind of catch her off guard it was like a necklace or something yeah, so, you know, he's talking about that. The next thing you know, I kind of just got down on one knee and said what I said. <laughs> just say, you forgot what you said, huh? You forgot what you said. I told her that. <laughs> what I remember, I told her that you know I loved her, I cared about her, she meant the world to me, and you know it was just only right for us to spend the rest of our lives together. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, and I got down on one knee. She started crying. I I shed a few tears. Any any uh any any like part of you thought she was like oh man she might say no. No, I knew she was gonna say yes. Oh okay. Um, Ooh, confident, it was, confident. It was, just, it was just one of those things where like we both wanted to do it. You know. Yeah. We just both wanted to do it. It was just when it was my turn. <laughs> you know when it, it was like yeah, it came yeah. out for me when I wanted to do it. And, <laughs> you know it. It was kind of like nobody, like in my family, like it, we don't have a lot of marriage. So like growing up, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have like a, a great household where I seen, a, you know, I had a mother and father there. Yep. So I didn't know what an ideal marriage looked like. Yeah. So um, for me, it was just like, you know what? I want to change that narrative. Like I want to, I want, you know, my future kids to see, you know, mother, father in the same household, loving and caring on each other to kind of set that example for it. So that way, when they get older, they can kind of do that same thing in hopes that they will do the same thing. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's what it came down to. There you go, bro. Happy for you, man. Happy. No, I appreciate that. You excited to get married? Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, of course, you know, every, I mean, every once in a while, I kind of have my jitters about it because, um, you know, it's just it's just really just instincts um, as far as just like starting that whole new chapter. Yeah, so, it's, yeah it's huge. It, sure. it, is, it is huge and you know we don't we don't grow up in that in that environment as far as like marriage and you know you kind of like yeah you know, kind of nervous about it but I'm excited as hell to to start that next phase and we've been talking about it for forever so now that we two months away from doing it man I'm, I'm just excited as all get up yeah nah I feel it I feel it cool man I'm happy for you um wedding in July right yeah July July, Vegas, Vegas. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be cool. Vegas yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Um. Alrighty, let's go. Let's move on to uh home buying because you're you're recording in your in your new home. 
Dude, we yeah. talked about two years ago. I don't even think you even mentioned buying a home in like two years. I, I didn't. Like, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't think that it was even reaching. <laughs> yeah. At the time, that's crazy. And now you did it though. Look, so let's, let's, <clears throat> let's uh, briefly talk about like, let's talk about like the feelings of home buying because a lot of people, you know, it's just a stressful situation, right? You buying the most, like the biggest purchase of your life. And yep. so let's talk about like how you felt through that, that month of searching for a home. Um, you know, just to kind of back, back story, I know we were talking about this a little bit while we started. Uh, my fiance and I, you know, we was living in a, in a nice, amazing town home and we was doing good, you know, paying rent and, you know, all of that stuff. We was, you know, having great jobs. And I kind of mentioned to her, we had a conversation. I'm just like, hey, like, what do you think about buying a home? Yeah. Like, you know, even though we're, you know, we're close to getting married, like, what do you think about doing buying a home and getting married? And we kind of had a conversation and, you know, we just decided, let's see what, if it's, if it's reachable and if not, then, you know, it's not going to be the end all be all. Um, and so we just kind of just took it step by step. We found our realtor that we trusted that kind of knew us. Um, and then she told us the process. Um, and then, we did the, you know, the home loan modifications and then all of that stuff. It took about, we did that all in February. No, we did that. Yeah, we did that all in February. Got approved um, in March, early March. And then um, then once that, we just started looking for homes. But the thing is, without here, here in Idaho, it is so competitive because the cost of living is super low. Like in California, you're not going to buy a house for three hundred to 400000 like unless nah, you, that's a that's a garage door though you can get one yeah. of those. <laughs> just the <a> door <laughs> yeah so you know and but out here it's cost of living is super low yeah. and so everybody is coming in and it's like okay it's lower i can put in more because the cost of living is lower so we didn't have we didn't get approved that that much so we're in a ballpark from 300 to 400,000 400 being our highest that that's the same ballpark that everybody else have so we're fighting with everybody else and mind you this is like going in the spring and so we ain't even hit summer so we was trying to Get it, was like, we got to find a way even though like our thing would have carried over to the summer she was like y'all we got to find a home before the summertime because y'all it's going to be impossible so question about that and i told my fiance i'm like you know what let me handle this like if you want to look, go ahead, but let me talk to the realtor. Like you, you already got enough as far as the news anchor, news supporting. Like I'll keep you updated. If you find a home, just let me know. I'll shoot it over to, to the realtor. So, and then as far as the house we got now, my fiance was the one that found it. Yeah. It didn't hit the market just yet. She reached out to the realtor. Um, the seller was was willing to have them look at the home before it hit the market. So she looked at it, she FaceTimed me, I was at work, and she was like, babe, this, this house is beautiful, this is for us, it's meant for us. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do it, let's put an offer. So, you know, put in the offer, our realtor made like a few incentives as far as like with offer and things like that. And we didn't know we had a shot. And then next thing you know, a few days later, um, my fiance calls me like, hey, we got the house, we got the house. And I'm just like, I'm at work, I could, I wanted to scream, but I could. And I'm just like, what, like we got it. And literally that same day, we went back to the house to look at it. We was just jumping for joy because we're 26. Now, when you went back to the house, 
I want to talk about this. When you went back to the house after your offer was accepted, were you like picking out shit? Like, like, oh, did we make the wrong mistake? Like, or, or was, you know, was it like a feeling of like, oh man, what we just, this is ours now. You know what I mean? It was honestly a feeling of both. It was happy, but also scary because now we're shifting up because it's just honestly, bro, in our culture, and it's not a bad thing. It's just like, you know, back in like, you know, the, you know, in the forties and fifties and 1960s and stuff like that, we had our own properties. Like we didn't have a properties that was passed down to each generation. But as time moved on, we kind of, it's like things happen where it kind of faded away. So mm-hmm. now it's just like, it's more renting than owning. Right. Mm-hmm. So like my grandmother, she has, you know, she bought a house in, you know, Berkeley, California back in the eighties, but now it's turned out to where, you know, we got houses within that same land in Berkeley. Yeah. Like, you feel me? And they trying to send her offers for like three million to kind of try to get her to buy it, you know, for her to sell it. She's like, no, not for that. Yeah. And so, and that's what I kind of want. Like, I want something. So, you know, when that time call, when that time comes and God calls me home, like, I want something that I can pass on to my children. Yeah. And I can't do it if I'm written. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you can pass on the lease. Yeah, on my name. And it's just like, but it was scary because it's like, damn, like now I got more responsibilities. Like I'm my own landlord. Being a being a homeowner is totally different, bro. Like that yard, if you got it, like everything, man. That shit is is it's different. One little small leak, that's on you. Yep, you gotta pay for it. If anything broke, you gotta pay for it. It ain't in the lease. It and it always break, bro. It's it's always the first, like, month of buying a home. Something hey, don't tell there. me that. I'm not going to hold it I swear, bro. Be just be ready. When I when I, when I I got my uh, spot in Stockton in December, uh, the water heater broke first night on the clo- on closing. The water heater. Uh, Did you get the home heat- warranty? Yeah, thank, thankfully. Oh, so, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, make sure hey any home buyer like if you in the pursuit and you just close on a home make sure you get that first year of your home warranty that's included because that's what we got the seller yeah, it's only like 400 500 it might yeah, be the cheaper seller than put, the seller put in 500 for credit for our home warranty yeah. so we got that for a year make sure that you get that because if something break at least it's covered and you don't have to come out of pocket as much yeah i yeah like the water heater we got reimbursed um there was a, so that was one, oh, like a week later, like between moving, uh, someone tried to break in. So the door what? had to be like fixed up. Yeah. Like bro, crazy. I'm telling you, uh, but it's, we good now. We good now though. But, uh, yeah. Uh, home ownership. It's a lot, but it's, it's, you know, anything that's worth it is a lot. Right. So no, man, anything is worth it is a lot. And when you go through that process and you finally close, it's that feeling of just like you did it and being, you know, um, you know, African-American male, you know, and being 26 and being so young and being in this position where now I'm a homeowner, like yeah. that's a blessing. Like it really is. Cause you know, I'm, I can count on my handful of in my family or just people that I know that are homeowners. That's yeah. Right. Something. Yeah. And so to be in that same category, it's, 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 it's honestly a blessing. Yeah, probably in my immediate family, the only homeowners is my is my grandparents. That's yep. probably it. That's crazy. Just think about that. Exactly. That's ins- wow, that's insane. That's insane. But um, 
No, nah, that, that's great advice. Home, home, home ownership, home buying. That process is super nerve wracking. I remember I was shaking like every day, like because we uh we had almost lost the deal, like in a in a in a crazy story. But like, uh, yeah, like, well, I don't know. We I don't know if we almost lost it, but we were on the verge. Like, um, I already talked about this, but my business partner, uh, he like went and purchased a car during the during the, oh. the closing. And I, I know I told him not to. That's the uh, worst thing. My yeah. brother said, don't buy anything. anything. <laughs> and it was an expensive ass car, too. Like, oh, yeah, fuck. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she called me and was like, um, the lender and was like, yeah. So did someone go buy a car? And I was like, uh oh, uh oh. Uh, yeah. So that was that was very nerve wracking. But we, we made it work. Anyways, we're going to take a short break right here. We'll probably play some music or something and uh, move on to the next segment. Before you click away, this is for you. If you're a business owner, leader, educator, or misguided in many ways, you've stumbled into the right community. That's right. I've started a Slack channel for all people to network across the world. If you want to learn how to use your car for passive income, there's a channel for that. If you want to learn a trucking business, there's a channel for that. If you want to partner up with someone in real estate, there's also a channel for that. There are so many channels, the list goes on, okay? But what I want to share is a Slack channel with you to network, build relationships, and introduce yourself. This is very similar to Reddit, but see, the thing with Reddit is they don't let you promo yourself. On this channel, the Misguided Network, you'll be able to promote yourself, You'll be able to share with others your business and why you think you should partner with others. Now, this is a safe space. So if you come on here blasting, you will get removed. It's true. If you want to go alone, walk fast. If you want to go far, walk together. And that's exactly what this channel is. People have been misguided in many ways by society, told what they should do, what they should be doing, what they should be learning. Yet, we really learned the valuable lessons way later in life. And we always wish we had kind of a mentor there to guide us in the right direction. And that is exactly what the Misguided Network is about. So if you're looking for a mentorship, mentoree relationship, or just looking for some business partners, or looking for a way to grow your brand by learning, or if you're an educator, by teaching others, this place is for you. Please join the Slack channel below or up one of those. This is a community where entrepreneurs can either learn or educate about building wealth through business. So join the misguided community. I'll see you there. What's up, everybody? We are back with another part of this episode. Um, hope you enjoyed that short break. Um, we're going to start off with the hella misguided segment, which you've already answered before. But now, two years later, um, you might have different feelings. So um, the Hell of Misguided segment, I ask the same question to each person who comes up here. And that question is, if you were to write a summary to your 18-year-old self, what would you say? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, I would tell myself, because this is what I didn't know back then. And I wish I would have knew, you know, when I was 18 or even before that, is just knowing that sports is not going to last. Mm. Mm. Uh, 
That's hard too. That's hard to hear at like 18. You're not. like, what are you talking about? I'm going to the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> and but I fell into that that trap. Um as far as just like, you know, I'm growing up, everybody around me was just so high and raving, like I'm gonna make it to the NBA. And it kind of made it to where it was like their dreams instead of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And at the time, you know, I love basketball. So that was fun. I was like, okay, well, I'm doing this for everybody. I'm going to open up a lot of opportunities. But yet it was kind of hurting me as I was getting older because that was all I knew. And I didn't have a lot of people in my corner that reminded me about education. I didn't remind me about, you know, how to, you know, apply for a job, how to do a resume, how to, you know, create opportunities for myself. Um, and it wasn't until I, I, I was like 24. Well, yeah. 24, I, you know, started to, um, you know, have all of these jobs and stuff. And I started off small. I didn't, like two years ago, I, you know, I worked retail, um, but didn't care. I just kind of pushed <laughs> it out. The next thing you know, I got into, you know, into the social work field. And that's when things kind of boosted for me. And then, um, and then I got back into basketball and I did high school and then I did uh, coaching for high school basketball up in Eureka, California. Um, oh coach, shit, coach, a, bu- a bunch of white kids? <laughs> you know, I did, I had a black, I had a black player on my team. You always got one. He was like, I got nasty. One. I got one. I had one. I had one. But it wasn't like I was calling for it. It just kind of presented itself. Um, my old um, assistant coach um, at Menlo College, shout out to him. He, you know, reached out to me. He's like, hey, you should do coaching. I'm like, nah, I'm kind of done with that. I ain't trying to do that. He's like, nah, you should do it. So I'm like, nah, fuck that shit. I ain't doing that. <laughs> and I say, well, like, you got it. You should do it. So. Yeah. He made the call to a coach and then the coach reached out to me and wanted me to coach. And I was like, okay. So, um, I did it. It was, it was a great season. Um, and it was kind of good for me. And then next thing you know, um, I also made the choice to kind of move to Idaho. So I presented to my fiance. My fiance was kind of, you know, she's like, oh, she like I thought she, I thought it was her choice. Cause ain't she no, from it, it was mine because, um, she'd been in California for like three, four years. So, and so I was like, so I was like, hey, you know, I know you kind of miss being home. Like I've been in California all my life. Like why don't we move to Idaho? Like, and then I kind of broke it down, like good job opportunities, you know, bigger market, close to family. Um, and it gives us a chance to kind of live comfortable and potentially buy a house down the road. And so we just looked for jobs. She found a big time news reporting news anchor deal um here she works for like the number one market um here in idaho as far as like with yeah (laughs) so she actually she works the morning so she was just anchoring so while you was uh (laughs) i was watching her oh no (laughs) weekends i watch her fridays and fridays and saturdays that's when she anchors i I always take to always make sure i take the time to watch her because i gotta support her Uh, i need some clips bro you gotta send some clips i I got you i'm gonna yeah i always watch her um but no um and then for me you know i found a big time uh job out here where i work for a nonprofit organization um and you know as a case manager you know i help people who was on the verge of being you know evicted out of their homes who's renting and i help 
we're trying to help, you know, provide, you know, assistance as far as like covering rent and things like that. So it just all kind of opened up for me, bro. And now next thing you know, <laughs> literally like three, four months, because we moved out here last August and back. And then in November, no, October, I was talking to my fiance. I'm like, I should get back into training basketball. It kind of looped around. Yeah, I used to hang out. I like I would hoop with her brother at this uh, at this rec center, and I would see. And we'll dive a little bit deeper. I know we'll dive a little bit deeper, but I would see, like, um, you know, so called trainers train yeah. kids, and I'm like, so called trainers, and I'm like, that's not how you do it. Yeah, like, that's not how I was taught. And I'm just like, if I wasn't doing it, I wouldn't do it that way. And then next, you know, a light just popped in my brain. And then we could dive deeper into it. What, uh, what age group are you, are you training? I'm training all. I'm, I got, you know, I got elementary. I got middle school and high school. So I got all three. And is all it like three. a camp or something or what you No, mean? it's a program. Oh, it's a program. Okay. you And it was it already started or you just started it? Um, It already started. I started it back in November. Oh, okay, okay. Nice. That's when I launched it. And is that and, is that what it's called? The jungle basketball? Yeah, the jungle basketball. Yeah, this 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 yeah, yeah. this jungle basketball. That's I don't know. You, you know, okay, I'll tell you how I came up with the name. So I was I was talking to my, my fiance. I'm like, I need a name. Like, I need something that's gonna pop out that make people feel like they in like they in the grindhouse. And I was looking up names, and then my fiance was like, What about jungle? And I'm like Hmm. I'm like, that is true. Cause you go in the jungle, <laughs> like you know, you're going through like you go through obstacles. Like yeah. you, gotta, you gotta fight gorillas, all types of stuff that's in that's in the rank, you know, that's in there. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, why don't we put a basketball at the end? The jungle basketball. So it just kind of just and the colors for it is uh is black and green. Nice, nice. I'm surprised you didn't do a uh, black and white with a little bit of red in there, huh? No, I was going to. <laughs> I was like, you need another. You need because my favorite color is red and black. She's like, you need another color, and I'm just like, all right. She was like, what about black and green? And I'm like, and when I saw the design, and I'm like, yeah, that can work. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, you know what the jungle sound like? It sound like we we back in Acorn again. Yep, you're yeah, back, you're back in the hood, you grind. Yeah. Exactly. And so I'm bringing I'm bringing that version yeah. to out here, but just in a form, in a you know, in a more you know upbringing type of thing where it doesn't feel like like people actually in the hood like we are. But that's that's the but the mentality of me doing it. I feel like that low key helped us though, like. Like okay. literally being in the hood, like low key scared to go to practice. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And but you also, loved it though. But you yeah. loved it. But well, also, also like that boys and girls club, like, I don't know. I feel like it did it like uh it it molded it molded everyone into like something stronger, but also like it brought people together, right? Because I feel like once you stepped on the the boys and girls club in in, in Acorn, it like you felt safe, like a sense of safe there, right? Between in, inside those gates, right? Once you in the gym, you Once want you, to forget that you in the, even in though the, you might hear gunshots yeah. and outside, you might hear people fighting, cars yeah. getting into, you, you just know you in the gym, you good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, yeah. 
you know, you always had to coach y'all from the hood too. So he yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, nah, so I that that's cool, man. I, I thought about uh coaching. I don't know if I'm ready yet, but um you like, know, it, 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 it's always in the back of my head, like just like seeing the kids, like damn, like like your coach is teaching you wrong or something, or like, or just seeing as like, oh man. Or just seeing like how soft kids have become, right? Ooh. That's that's another I'll, thing. I'll dive like. a little bit deeper about that here in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, but, uh, that, that's something that I had to make an adjustment to. Do you uh do you hoop? Have you actually hooped recently? Yeah, I I, I play, you know, for me, if I do play, it's not competitive. Like this is where I get to play. I just do I just play it out of joy and just like it's a hobby. I don't yeah, yeah. you just I, I just play it for cardio now. Play play for cardio. I, I don't care if I lose, if I win. I don't care if I lose. I'm a <laughs> I'ma talk to people. That yeah. competitive shit, that's gone. I yeah. don't, yeah. you know, it that's you know, that was what it was. I played basketball competitive for 20-some years. I'm good yeah. now. Nah, niggas be trying to fight at the gym. I'd be like, I got a family to go home to. Like, let's just I'm like I gotta go home. Wrap I gotta this go up. Like what y'all fight? We're not getting paid here. What the hell? Exactly. Like I was, I was playing, I was playing like I was playing like in a little adult league with my with my fiance's brother. And you know, it'd be times where you know people would be, you know, talking shit or whatever. And I'm just like, bro, what is y'all talking for? We got we got we all work jobs or something. We gotta go home. Like we ain't playing for money. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy out here. Uh, I just thought I had like took a break when I had my second uh, second kid, but uh, I had just started recently hooping again. This is place in San Ramon. Uh, they they be hooping on, on Friday and Monday nights from like nine a nine p.m. to like midnight. Yep. It'd be solid. It'd be hella fun. It's like you forget how much like basketball actually meant to you and like how much it literally erased everything. Like it's it's still the same. Once you step on the court, you literally forget everything. I'm kind of the the same way, but I'll break it down as far as just like how how it shifted with what I'm doing now. Mm, Okay, let me hear what you got. So I I guess we're going to just go dive dive right into it. Let's Uh, do it. So what what kind of what made me do it was like, you know, for me, I already had a good job. Right. So I moved out here. I was having a good job. And basketball just kind of came back to me I thought I was like okay I'm done with it you know I'm working a great job I'll play it from time to time but it just kind of came back to me and you know I just kind of put myself out there um I created a Facebook page and knowing that that was the audience you know because I'm reaching to I'm reaching the parents not the players yeah and so I started off with like a few, with like a handful, and I had great guidance. Like I had one of my trainers back in the Bay Area. He kind of like told me how he started it, and I kind of like took that and just flipped it into making it my own. Okay. And, you know, and it, and he told me like, just don't worry about how many kids you got. Stay humble, put in the work, and you see how fast things grow Facts. for you. And so... You know, I did that and I just, for me, I was just perfecting my craft. Like in my mind, and for me, I don't care about being the number one trainer in Idaho. For me, I just care about being the best trainer for me, for these kids. Cause that's what all this matters about. Like yeah. all these other trainers that I see, they just want to be the best. They want to be the best like trainer out of, you know, 50, 50 minute trainers. Like you yeah. can't do that. Like you got to run your own race. 
you know, you gotta set goals just for yourself that you can reach, not just for the entire world. And so for me, you know, I just wanted to perfect my craft and teach the game of basketball, break it down to where, okay, me knowing is because I had previous coaching with younger kids, every kid has a certain goal that's different from one another. Mm. Right. And so the challenge for me was, okay, how can I make their goals match the mindset that I have that they can have that same mindset when they play basketball? Yeah. So when I did that, so when I figured it out, it was like, okay, first of all, it's it's more kids just don't understand the mental aspect. So if I'm going to train, yeah, it's cool if I train. But if if I don't help get them through those obstacles when you know, they doing the workout and they're not figuring, they're not picking moves up right away or their shot isn't falling. Okay, how can I like get them through those moments and and get them through those storms so that when they're in a game and that happened, they can kind of pick themselves up. Yeah. So I kind of, so I do the training, but I also put in, put in the, uh, the mental approach, the mental aspect, because it's all mental, you I know. Think it's, I think it's 70, like 75% mental, to be honest. It's, it's, it's 90, it's 90 <laughs> mental, 10 physical. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's all mental, because you could be, I mean, you know, take LeBron out of the picture. LeBron's just physical, but <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think the game of basketball, like, you, you know that, like, so, <clears throat> and that's what I learned going to, like, an all-white school, too, right? An all-white school, mm-hmm. college kids. When, when you get on the basketball team, it's like, you know, these kids aren't really that physically gifted. Like, I might be the, the most gifted person here as far right. as attributes, but these kids are fucking smart. Like, bro, they could they could just look at the court and, and have, like, five plays that they want to do in their head. And it's like we weren't taught that it was like nah just d his ass up rip his ass and then go yep. do a fancy layup at the end slap the backboard type shit right and you didn't know about the mental the mental yeah. is like not and you know you know how i've got the i've learned i i was able to apply that mental approach was it was one time i was trained this when i was playing overseas and one of the guys that you know that was also played overseas he was very big on mental and i remember one day we did one time before we worked out we took, we did like 10 minutes of uh, meditation. I ain't never did that before. Damn. Like I ain't never meditated. Yeah, That was the most at peace and at calm I had. Mm. And mind you, this is someone that I'm just, that's doing the same thing I'm doing and like made sure that I like refocus, I yeah. calm down. I kind of took deep breaths. So I'm like, so when I, once I saw it work for me, I'm like, okay. I can do this with other people, but just not meditation, but just getting them through the mental aspect of basketball that's not taught, that players don't really know. But once they know it, now it just takes them to a whole nother level, just mentally, right? Because you can have the best, you can be, be the best, have the best talent in the world, but if you ain't mentally tough enough to get through certain obstacles as a basketball player, you're going to be your biggest enemy. And you're yeah. gonna um, short yourself from reaching your full potential. So, you know, I remind players that you know, if players are you know are having those frustrations. You know, I give you know I get the ball, I get the rebound, I'd be like, hey, deep breaths. Yeah, you're okay. Like we're we're gonna get through this, and I you know give them the like a few seconds just to calm down, breathe, or just remind them, like, hey, you're okay. I'm here with you. I support you. We gonna get through this together. Yeah, so, I feel it. Yeah, it's just it's just providing that, and 
you know, and just getting back with that, I just started off with just, you know, one to four players, just developing them and just knowing that, okay, in the long run, it's going to grow, but it's just going to take some time. Yeah. But I didn't know three months later, three to four months later, it went from four to like eight and then eight to about 12. And now I got like 23 players that I'm training. Jesus, bro. How you how you doing all that? Wait, like you so, to- And mind you, I'm working a, a full eight hour shift. Yeah, that's crazy. You out here so, grinding. Grinding. And but the thing is, when I step on that court, players don't see that I'm tired. I'm not half stepping. Yeah, yeah. I go on there every single day. You're not half stepping, you big stepping. Uh, shout out Stutter Man. Oh, two out here. Shout out Stutter Man. I seen that he was on your what's the call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm not finna half step. I'm giving these kids all I got in these trainers. Like I go, I'm sweating too. Like I'm I'm full sweating. I'm putting in the same work as them just today. See that hey, I got somebody who's training me who's willing to go above and beyond to make me a better basketball player and just an overall person. I think those made the best coaches where like it was there was like a connection more than just basketball, right? It was more yeah. like like you actually care about me, right? Yeah. Um, and then it even even if you like, damn, bro, I gotta run 15 suicides in two minutes, right? It's like I still respect you and I'm gonna do it. You feel me? So yeah. I think when you start to build that uh rapport and trust with those, bro, you're gonna have a long-standing relationship with them. Imagine, I mean, bro. Three, three of them 28 people or whatever could go to the NBA, bro. Like, and, and, and they're going to remember you. Yep, and they're going to remember me. And it's just, for me, it's just like to to go in there every single day, right? I don't care if I'm having have a bad day at work or just over my personal life. When I step on that court, it gives me, it shifts my mindset of where I'm happy. And for them, when they come in, I, you know, when either whether if I'm going, if I have four or five workouts back to back to back sometimes, or if I have one or two, I'm giving each player the same amount of energy. Whether if I have a workout at 4 p.m., but I have one at 8 p.m. Yeah. I'm giving the same energy, and every kid is going to feel like, okay, this, this, my trainer is, is giving their all. And they're not going to go through the motions. They're going to work with me and build with me and parents see it too. Like, like, Hey, and not only that though, like I go to games, like I provide this world. Like I tell parents like, Hey, let me know when your kid playing, I'm going there. And then they'll tell me, I'm like, all right, bet I'm there. And I'll go show up. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. I also, make, I always, also make sure I spend, I put in my time with my family. Cause you know, yeah. I, I gotta, you know, I gotta make sure I, I get that in too. So I always make sure I spend time with my fiance. So I don't get, I get busy, but I don't get too busy there you go yeah that's a <clears throat> the work-life balance is probably one of the hardest things ever to manage bro more oh, yeah. more than more than a business like because you got to make both happy and um mm-hmm. sometimes i think what people don't realize is sometimes that <clears throat> it's okay to have one over it's okay to have one over balance each other just not for too long right yeah. so at some point it has to come like this and then at some point it has to go like this. And it's literally just like a teeter-totter. Yeah. A lot of people get stuck on where it always has to be like this, right? But how can you take steps forward? How can you grow if you're just at the same level, right? So it has to be like, like imagine walking. 
And I think that's the, a lot of people fail to realize. You know, it's that. crazy. So when I started getting more players, um, was interested. It was crazy how it all happened. I think it was in <laughs> January. I got hit with a wave of people who was interested. Mm. Right. And I told my fiance before I started training them, I talked to her and I'm like, hey, I have a lot more parents who are interested. I'm blessed that they trust me enough to train their son or daughter. Are you okay with knowing that I might have to put more time with training and knowing that sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I may not, we may not see each other, but and she was just like, no, I want you to do this. Like, I support you. Like, yeah, make it work. So we be creative. We make it work. We already make sure to take a few days. I mean, I work from home sometimes, too, at my normal job. So yeah. those are the times where we spend time together. And weekends, we spend time together. So we kind of all just make it work. And she, she full support. Like, she is the, probably the biggest supporter I have with this. Like, That's it good. wouldn't be no jungle basketball without my fiance. Yeah, I mean, she came up with the name, so. Uh, <laughs> facts that's, that's good man. When told me, she was like she was like this is a business now and i'm like yeah it's a oh, business. No, this is just basketball it's, yeah. i'm just like no it's not and i'm like all right and i'll break down all the resources and stuff like a little later on too as far as just like, well we only got a couple couple a uh, couple more minutes left uh because i gotta head out for some calls but i did want to ask this question though what characteristics from basketball have you taken into the real life okay. give me give me like two and then what care characteristics from basketball did you leave behind i would say what i took with me is leadership okay because what i do now is i have to lead others like these parents have been there all into me and so yeah like you know like i'll post, post stuff on instagram like i'll get the interest but at the end of the day every player is different. Parents want to see results. They're going to come to me and they're going to see what I'm going to do. They're going to test me out. And so I'm okay with that challenge because now it's like, okay, I'm going to deliver. And you're going to see me deliver because you're going to see the amount of effort and leadership that I'm putting into your, your son or daughter. Yeah. Like, cause I care about their, their future than me. So leadership is one. Um, putting others before me right like yeah. putting others like, like you know work. when you were team yeah. basketball you gotta you you don't care you know you can put up 40 or 50 points but if you're not winning it don't mean don't don't mean nothing so yeah. you know i care you know just taking that um i would say what i left back is attitude i was bruh I was about to say temper for you, bro, because you temper. always had a temper, bro. And you are like so calm now. Like knowing you from a kid is always temper, bro. <laughs> I took that. I had a big reality check and I took that back. So I, I'm, I, I don't even get mad no more. No. Yeah, but I don't. I don't see it at all. I'm like a whole different Henry out here. Yeah, no, I, that. Because it was basketball for me. I just wanted to be, because I had so much pressure, I just wanted to be the best. And yeah. I felt like if I wasn't the best, I was a failure. So I got real down on myself. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of led to me lashing out. And you saw it. You saw how I was. <laughs> right so you, you saw it. But even before, bro, even even before you had a temper, it just, it just it progressively, it, 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 got, it got more and more. But then all of a sudden, it was just like a shut off. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. My junior year, right, which was your senior year at Berkeley High, I almost transferred. I mean, I feel like a lot of people did, but uh, that's because that's because of McNeil. But 
I was about to I was about to transfer to um to Long Beach Poly because I knew I knew the coach up there and I worked out with the, yeah a few of the players and stuff up there almost transferred there and then my mentor lived in LA so I used to work out with them all the time it's almost transferred there. I was like so close what made you not transfer my mom and my mentor uh, tell okay. me nothing don't don't give up push through and yeah it was that time where I was I wasn't playing as much and then next thing you know I was like the sixth man for y'all and you know we mm-hmm. should have won that playoff game and lost the freaking heritage Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> White boy came and put some numbers on us. Um, he was killing us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel it. I uh, had a couple of that. I mean, you know what? I, I always I talk about this all the time with like people who who like understand basketball. I think what sets a lot of people back, and this definitely set me back, is playing above my age. Like yep. I think. It's great. It sounds cool and all. And yeah, you learn a lot, but you don't necessarily get the on-court experience, which I think sets a lot of people back. And I think it set me back a lot because I got moved up to VAR super early, but I didn't play on VAR, right? Like I only got the like fourth quarter minutes, right? Like Mm -hmm. the first year. And so I'm playing behind like really good people like fucking BT and Josh and fucking chase and like you know these people are good oh play it way taller than me like i'm five five on varsity like 145 pounds so so i mean yeah like oh and i almost my my sophomore year they wanted remember y'all was trying to get me on varsity so bad right and i was like nope langston wanted to get me on bar i'm like nah i'm like i need to develop yeah yeah y'all saw me Y'all saw me dunking and shit, and y'all was like, man, we got to get him on bar now. <laughs> That's because, nigga, you started dunking out of nowhere. <laughs> that shit just came out of nowhere, yeah, like, overnight. Blow me up, bro, because he. I remember one time he came to my class and wanted me to come play varsity. And then I told my mom and mom and my mom and uh, and my my cousin slash I call him my brother, Sherman, uh, he came up there. Before y'all had practice, I was like, no, he's playing junior, he's playing JV. <laughs> you know, McNeil used to come to me and be like, all right, so who should we uh who should we move up? I was like, I was like, I, I said Henry first. I was like, do you not see what this nigga's doing right now? Like <laughs> and I already knew the only thing I didn't want to move up is I didn't want you to bring that temper. I was like, <laughs> we gotta get on him because I already know Henry, he's gonna go throw his jersey. He don't want to run. He don't want to do shit. I was like, we're going to have to put a, put the, <laughs> put the leash on his ass over here. You feel me? <laughs> I used to, he used to always be like, all right, who should, who should we move up? Like, what, what's the play? So, yeah, man. Yeah. Go. Was it you and Langston that was trying to, or was it you, Langston, Jaleel? Like, was it all y'all? I feel like all y'all was trying to get me up. And I was just like, nah. <laughs> I think it was mainly the young people. I don't know necessarily about Jaleel and them, but okay, I think it was mainly the, uh, our, our class, my class. So, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I always think about that. Just like what, what would have happened if I would have stayed on a JV a little bit more? What would have happened if, yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I always think about stuff like that. Like, you can't, you can't, yeah. Can't stress about that too much. Oh yeah. But, um, shit, <clears throat> before we wrap up, I got one more question. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
anything you wanna you wanna touch base on? I mean, it's been two years, um, and and you you you've grown a lot in the two years. Shit, you've gotten married, you bought a house, um, you started your own small business. Yeah. Um, what's some advice you got to people listening? Like that all happened in two years, and during like the worst time in the world. So, I would just say, just for people who's thinking about you know being self-employed and running your own business, is one. You just have to think like, okay, you just got to start off with small steps, right? I know everybody's like, oh, I can make big time money. Yeah, but it's going to take some time and yeah. it's not going to happen as fast as you want it to. And you got to work a little bit harder and you got to, you got to really, um, you know, navigate and connect with resources. Like for me, I use a ton of resources. Like I got a business consultant through um, this thing called Small Business and Development Center um, that helps me go. out run this business. And, you know, without my business consultant, it would, I wouldn't even be able to navigate all of this. Um, but then also knowing your why, like mm. if you're going to run it, if you're going to do self-business, what is the reason? It can't be, oh, be I'm, tired of working, I'm tired of working my nine to five. Well, yeah. okay, there's many jobs that pays a good <laughs> amount of money and you ain't got to work nine to five. <laughs> yeah, small business, you got to work more than nine to five. You got to work way more than that. Yeah. So that can't be one. Um, That's good. That's good, bro. You have to have a passion about it. You have to love what you do. Like if you're not wake, if you're not going to bed and waking up with ideas of how, of ideas are not even ideas, but excitement, then it ain't for you. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. You got to love what you do. If you're going to switch over, you got to love being self-employed. You got to love the grind and the process. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're going to really fail. Mm -hmm. I 100% I, I stand by that and agree. Um, and that's kind of what I've been like. I, I noticed that like <clears throat> in the beginning, I just wanted to start like so many business, 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 business. Here goes the idea. Here goes the idea. And then I started to realize like, well, I'm focusing my time on this one because I really enjoy it and I really like it. And yeah. um, and so it's kind of like you got to pick and choose, right? Pick and choose your battles. Uh -huh. um, so that's cool. Um, man, great, great job. All right, we're gonna wrap up with a segment called Guided Conclusions, where I ask a question we haven't talked about previously. Today's question is pretty simple. Um, you came up here two years ago. We've already seen the progress from two years. I want to know what your next two years is gonna look like in your eyes, and then we're gonna check back in two years and see if you uh, if you did. My next two years is, for one, um, the goal is to be a full-time trainer. Okay. Um, so I'm slowly making that transition, but I'm not there yet. So I'm pretty sure, God willing, that I will be a full-time basketball trainer here in Idaho. So that's the goal. Um, two is getting, you know, sponsorship from either from whether it be sports companies or just you know, stakeholders or investors. Um, and then three is building my own basketball gym. That's a goal for me. That's a good one. I saw I saw a TikTok the other day on um like how much it would cost to like own a basketball gym. Yeah. I think it I think it's definitely doable for sure. It's reachable. For sure. It, there, there I mean there's a lot of expenses, but there's a lot of expenses and you'll find out in home ownership. And I think uh, if you're bringing good amount of people in the gym and out of the gym, it's definitely doable and it seems fun. So that's, that's a great goal. yeah man that goes really simple <laughs> i would start i would start maybe marketing your services to gyms bro 
Yeah, I, yep, I, yep, I, I'm slowly doing that. So, See I mean, if I, you I, could I get it. Like, I have about like four that I use, but trying to. I would I would use their gyms. I would use their gyms in in return for marketing. So because the kids, they got parents, right? So maybe you work into some type of like shit with their parents, right? Maybe you, I don't know, just come up with a marketing plan for for uh using the gym. I like and, that. I like that. And then I'm, also I'm gonna present, that, I'm gonna present that to my business and see what she I, I, hey, you know yeah. what? <laughs> I appreciate that one. Yeah, I got I got plenty. I'm I'm all about marketing. So uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that that'll be good. Um, and then even do like do uh like get-togethers for the kids. So like all your kids have have everybody. Man, if you got like a if you got a barber or something, this could be something simple. If you got like a barber or something, have that barber pull up to your next training and be like, all kids get free haircuts. You bring one friend plus one. Those people that plus one who come, they might be interested, right? They might see, they might see the other kids working out and be like, "Ooh, I might want to do this or something," right? Make sure that day is fun on working out, but okay, right? Work out, watch your friend play basketball or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Man. I, I like that. You one. just pay for pay the barber like a flat free for to uh, cut cut as many heads or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. I love marketing. <laughs> but um, for sure, man, I appreciate you coming up here. Go ahead and drop your Instagram and everything for people to follow you. Hey, man, you, you guys can go ahead. Stop changing it because you change it all the goddamn time. Okay, okay. Well, look, how about people go ahead and follow <laughs> my, my basketball stuff. All right. To follow my basketball page and follow the content of just these players and I'm training their journey. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at the jungle basketball. And then also I got a Facebook page, the jungle basketball, please uh, take a look at it, share the word, share it, pass it along, you know, just trying to, you know, create better opportunities for people. And if people, if you got fans in Idaho, Hey, you know, shout out, (laughs) reach out and we can get something set up. Cali yeah. too. I'm from Cali too. I can always fly home and do a camp or something. Yeah. When you come, when you coming back home? You know uh, I'll try to come home before the before before the end of this year. After uh, wedding and all of that stuff, I'll try to come home and see everybody. For sure, for sure. Let me know. We can hoop together. Oh yeah, we for sure got to link up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, man. Y'all, y'all heard it here. This is the Misguided Podcast. We intend to guide you to a better future. Again, my name is Jawan. I'm sitting here with Henry Cornelius. Make sure you like, subscribe, and even share the video. It helps a lot, especially when you share. So um, appreciate you guys listening. And remember, run your own race. I like that. <laughs> they see me popping off, don't come my way. Driving in the stars like a mineral race. Grinding so hard, I'm on a different pace. Haters back away, messing my feng shui. They see me popping off, don't come my way. Driving in the stars like a mineral race. Grinding so hard, I'm on a different pace. Haters back away, messing my feng shui. Click, 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 tired of the blogs and shit. Back away if you only talk on the internet. Click, 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 pull up with my click. It's lit past the Torch don't cloud me when I tell you that I'm it I spit, 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 bars I'll never miss I spit, spit, and if she freaky I spit on a clip We go rounds, grab a Fitbit, track this Don't worry about the time, it's on my wrist, bitch Everybody friend me, I'm Tom from MySpace It's a marathon, not a race This a competition with myself and time On my own pace, on my own terms Don't get in my way, I'm prolific with the words Cause I write every day, I need my own space No negativity, don't hit me with that JP I don't play, I'm by my bank I'm not Morgan, I will not chase 
They see me popping off, don't come my way Driving in the stars like I'm in a rave Grinding so hard, I'm on a different pace Haters back away, messing my feng shui They see me popping off, don't come my way Driving in the stars like I'm in a rave Grinding so hard, I'm on a different pace Haters yeah. back away, messing my feng shui I'm on a different pace, never switching up my lanes Absorbing all the hate, I'm boosting up my energy I'm flying by like I'm driving on the interstate Started from the bottom, now they're gonna see me elevate Never looking back, see I'm happy where I'm at And I do it for my fam, I'ma put this on the map Gotta flex up on the haters like I'm pushing all the weights I got too much on my shoulders, but I know I never break I'ma do it how I want, move it how I want They wanna set the bar high, but you know I'ma jump Gotta do it how I want Move it how I want They wanna set the bar high But you know I'ma jump, jump, jump They see me popping off, don't come my way Driving in the stars like I'm in a rave Grinding so hard, I'm on a different pace Haters back away, messing my feng shui They see me popping off, don't come my way Driving in the stars like I'm in a rave Grinding so hard, I'm on a different pace Haters back away, messing my feng shui